Welcome or welcome back to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Bert Run. How are you all doing? My name is Francesco and as always, I'm your host. But today, I'm actually not going to be your host because I'm leaving the microphone to our awesome co-founder, photographer, runner, uh, community manager, social media manager, Kirsten Kortebein, with a great a uh, very interesting interview with Alex Barner, who is the race director of the Deep Sea Race, that is the oldest trail race in America. The Deep Sea Race is a 7.4 mile race that is held in Mill Valley to Stinson Beach in California. And it's run every year on the second Sunday in June since 1905. It's considered to be one of the most beautiful courses in the world. And actually, Kirsten got a chance to sit down and talk to Alex about the race, about its very, very deep history. So I thought this would make for a nice podcast interview. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to leave her the microphone for this interview. Enjoy it. Varner, who is not only an awesome trail runner, but also a good friend. And Alex has been kind enough to agree to walk us today through um, some dipsy training tips and what it's been like for him to run the race in the past in general. So Alex, can you start off just by introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, good to see you. Uh, I'm Alex Varner. Um, I live locally in Mill Valley, actually on the dipsy trail, lucky enough. Um, I've run the race every year but one 2003 uh it's never gotten any easier um <laughs> uh, yeah that's probably about it <laughs> how many wait so how many times have you run it that i could do the math but <laughs> uh i want to say 17 are you kidding me oh my god 16, oh i think i think i i yeah i don't want to count right now but it just makes me feel old at this point holy god when was that what was the hardest one for you or are they just literally all hard um I think I remember the first one because I was in the runner section and that's when you start behind literally the invite and the runner. So there's 1500 people on the course instead of just like 700 with the invite section. Okay. Uh, so there was a lot more people on the, on the course. So I remember that one. And then, um, I also remember like the two where I finished second by a combined like 35 seconds. I remember those two. Um, and other than that, a lot of it's blur. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, that is good to know. So what, what drove you to do it for the first time? Actually, I think maybe that that's like not on my list of questions, but I'm just wondering it as we're talking now. Um, so I went to high school locally in, in Marin County where the, you know, in a city nearby where yeah. Mill Valley happens. Um, my high school coach actually just suggested it to me for cross country. No way. Running track my senior year of high school to get ready to run in college. Mm. Uh, and he was like, Hey, there's this race. And he made it seem super low key. Like I, I'd never even heard of the thing. My parents aren't 
endurance athletes. Like they, they play sports, but it's like tennis. And my mom was a ballet dancer for 40 years. So like it wasn't the endurance side of things. Um, and so I thought, sure, like that sounds like fun. Why not? And so I signed up. Um, I think it was, it was a lot easier to get in 20 years ago, uh, now as well. Okay. Uh, but I think also they, they definitely like younger local kids running it. So when you send it to them, um, they're more likely to let you in if you're kind of a younger local kid. So yeah, I got in and ran it as in basketball shorts, my senior year of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Did like, did any of your friends do it with you or were your friends like, what are you doing, man? No, I had a couple of friends, um, one is uh, Liz Gill, you may know. Okay, uh, she does so. run, runcation travel. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. So she runs that. She and I went to high school together. And her cool. mom, who's now passed away, unfortunately, but her mom coached us in track. Okay. And then uh, there was another woman who, uh, my friend Nikki, who ran at a neighboring high school. And then two other guys who I ran against in high school at neighboring schools as well uh, ran it. I have, a, I have a photograph, like a physical photograph somewhere of like the five of us at the finish line in our shirts together. That's cool. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I wasn't just the, I wasn't the only person who thought it would be a good idea. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, how old were you when you ran it for the first time then? 17. Whoa. That's cool. The youngest finisher I think ever is like five or six years old. So kids start with, I don't know that that's a great idea. Like the concept of my daughter running the race <laughs> is like outlandish. You can't make sure this. And actually, okay, so it's probably helpful for anybody reading or listening to this who doesn't know much about Dipsy because I actually genuinely don't. Can you actually just like set the scene for me? Like what, what's the vibe? Like how long does it take? How does it feel? How many people do it? Yeah. So it's the, uh, the oldest trail race in the U S the second oldest race all behind the Boston marathon. Um, they limit it to 15, around 1500 people. Okay. Uh, due to nowadays permitting issues, uh, it goes through like three or four different land management tracks. Okay. Uh, run through Mirror Woods at one point, which is a national monument. So like, that's a whole thing to deal with. Um, so they're limited by, uh, kind of permitting issues and, and the trail's quite narrow at times. It's most, a lot of it is just single track. Okay. Uh, uh, so there's that. Um, it is split into two sections. There is the runner section and the invitational section. Okay. The runner section is generally for first timers, um, or people who have kind of run the race, gone away, come back. The invitational section, you have to qualify for, uh, the invitational section takes the top half of prior year's invitational section and then the top half of the runner section from the year. Um, the race is staggered by age and gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, the handicaps were done uh, by some guy from MIT uh, who like loves the race and loves to figure this out. And the cool. idea is that everybody on the start line has an equal chance of winning it. Cool. Um, realistically, the way it's come out is there's a few people who have a much better chance. And in the past, it's favored kind of 50 to 60-year-old men and women who are very high national level runners. And then the younger guys, like what I used to be, and this year, actually, uh, this guy, Eddie Owens, won it. He was 28. Um, but they rejiggered the handicaps this year for the first time in, like, okay. and because I think they were tired of older people winning, and he won. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so uh, basically, it's you have to be really fast for your age group to have a shot to win. Okay. Um, and age groups that are favored by the handicaps more so than others. 
Uh, but basically, it starts with AAA, AA, A, and through Z, letters of the alphabet. And each of those represents a starting group that's, you know, AAA is like men, men and women, you know, 80 years and above and kids okay. like seven years. And then it slowly gets faster and faster and younger and younger until scratch, which is zero head start minutes. Everybody else is considered handicapped okay. by the number. Um, so scratch is the uh, prime age man. Okay, um, so it's is it sort of like the way like a VK start would be staggered? I don't know how those are started. Okay. I don't know. I'm <laughs> like they, asking. I'm like asking about it as start, though I like run VKs. I don't. <laughs> they start. They start. They start uh, the idea is that the faster people start, more towards the back. Okay. And that way, and whoever breaks the tape is the winner okay. overall. Um, and the idea is that the handicaps give everybody a chance. Cool. To win. Okay. Um, they, so oh, so the the invitational section and the runner section both mirror each other, AAA through Z and then scratch. Mm. All of the invitational sections go off and then you have a minute pause and then the runner sections start again at AAA through scratch. Okay. And um, yeah, they go off every minute and then you're just out on the course to run and trying to pass as many people as you can. Cool. That's sweet. Um, and actually, I just realized that I had earlier on Slack invited our other co-founder, Max, in case he wanted to come and then I disappeared and never saw what he said. So let me just see if Max had... Said he wanted to come um, before we keep going because actually the other, and then the other thing I w- would be interested to hear from you is like what is the what is the vibe like in general like do a lot of people come out to like cheer or can you not really cheer because yeah. you're on stairs it's, like it's a fantastic vibe it's super fun the start line is in downtown Mill Valley um, cool. in the square so there's usually people four or five deep right in the first thirty meters or so. And then it runs up one of the main streets through the park. And there's people kind of cheering all the way up. The stairs are super narrow. So there's no, like, no spectators on there. Okay. Occasionally, clueless hikers who don't realize there's a race going on. Um, and they quickly get, like, sworn off the trail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's people along the way, for the most part. There's some places where the course is more conducive. You go over a couple of road crossings where there's a few more people. Mm. And then when you come into Stinson Beach at the finish... Um, you're on the last kind of half mile or so is on road and that's pretty well, uh, spectated. And the last straightaway is usually three or four people deep for like 200 meters all the way to the fifth. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And how long, so like, for example, you're, you're obviously fast. How long does it take you? So it's, it's, uh, the, the, the course guide says 7.4 miles. Um, my oh, that's watch longer is, than I thought, actually. Yeah, my watch, uh, it's, it's 7.4 miles per the course guide. My watch has never registered more than like seven. Okay. Uh, there are shortcuts that are allowed. Um, some of them have become consensus route that everybody takes. Uh, there are others that I have, I have friends who are very secretive about their shortcuts. Okay. Like a guy, the day before, one of my friends who's like 75, will disappear off into certain parts of the course with gloves and a ladder. Uh, and uh, one of my friends did, you know, and, and they work, they work because one of my friends one time finished and he goes, I passed that guy twice. I know it. I passed him twice. So there's still some mystery left to it. Um, the permitting makes it a lot harder for okay. the committee to allow the course. They say it's open. It's mm. not, not really um, due to the permitting issues. Yeah. Uh, um, but it takes usually, you know, if you want to, um, Black shirt, so you get a black shirt with a number on the back if you were in the top 35 finishers. Okay. Uh, and they give you a big, it's a black 
extra large t-shirt literally with a big silver number on the back uh they call everybody up and you put it on backwards and you show off your number um so it's fun that you got kind of acknowledged in front of the crowd at the post-race awards but to get a black shirt generally about an hour to mm. an hour like 60 to 63 minutes um is kind of a a ballpark to to run in that top 35 and you have to be okay. um hour clock time not handicap time okay okay so that makes sense so so like a, a good goal for middle-aged at least ma- male runners is if you could run your age at age like 55 oh. meaning you run 50 minutes at 55 years old huh. you have a good oh that's a cool way to think about it so kind of yeah so there's there's like a, a window there where between 50 and 60 men and women women have a you know if they can run their age plus three minutes okay then you usually have a pretty good shot to win if you're a, a high class runner cool okay yeah um, okay, and then actually we have some really good questions. So some of these best, some of these, some of the best questions actually come from Leo Perschel, who we actually he just um, decided to be an ambassador with us, which is awesome. Um, and he lives, uh, he lives in San Francisco, San Francisco. He's actually just starting to work at San Francisco Running Company, and so he had a lot of really good specific questions. I was kind of like Leo, do you have any you know idea? Do you have anything you've ever wondered about Dipsy that I should ask Alex? And he was like, bam, bam, bam. Um, so his first question is a really good one, which is Dipsy is pretty tough because of all the stairs and routes. How do you think someone should train for that sort of thing if they don't have access to that type of trail to train on? Um, I mean, you can find stairs anywhere, Mm. uh, like building just, I mean, if you live in San Francisco, book point tower, uh, I think the hard part for the race, uh, on the stairs is, a lot, well, and not just the stairs, but like when you're a younger person, uh, you don't know where the crowds are going to be. Mm. So there's times when you literally cannot run because mm. there's too many people in front of you. Like the stairs get very crowded. Yeah. Uh, and that's the hardest part of the race to train for. And you literally can't replicate that except on race day. Mm. So that's where like consistency running the race helps. Um, but as far as the terrain goes, uh, you know, if you up and down stairs, um, that's a great way to train for those stairs. Uh, they can't, they cannot make your race, but they can break it. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people have gone charging up the stairs super hard and it just takes everything out of them. And that's not even a mile into the race. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah. So it's really easy to kind of blow yourself up there. As far as the other terrain parts go, um, the, one of the downsides to this race is if it's, it's very terrain specific. Mm. Uh, I've had my most success on it because I'm, I've had the success I've had on it because I'm able to train there. Um, people are able to come in and do well. Um, but it's very hard to do really, really well, like top four or five without having been on the course at least a couple of And then actually, so you mentioning that, like the, the very, the variation, the variety in train, um, what, like what percent of the course is stairs? What percent is trail? And then what percent is asphalt? Yeah. So. Up, up the stairs is probably only like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's like 700 stairs, call it. Okay. Uh, and that happens in the first, uh, 0. 0.7 miles. Oh, okay. So you, you do like 0. 0.4 miles on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sorry, this is miles for non Oh, that's fine. I think it's fine. <laughs> um, but you do, you know, 0. 0.4 miles on the road. Then you have probably about a quarter mile of stairs horizontally, mm-hmm. but you go up you know, 600 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of climbing. Then you're back on road for probably another, uh, I want to say you cross it. 
another half a mile, no, three quarters of a mile. Then you drop down on trail, then you have half a mile of road, then trail, 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 and then the last. So it's probably like, oops, sorry, my light's shifting here on me. Um, <laughs> it's probably like, I want to say a mile cumulative on road. Okay. okay. Maybe a half, and then the rest of it is trail. And then the stairs are like, up the stairs is a quarter mile. So it's it's pretty negligible, but just the fact that you gain so much during that time. Okay. Uh, there are stairs down through like steep ravine as you're heading down into okay. the distance. There are stairs down. Um, okay. And look like wooden and wet and rebar and slick and gross and dangerous. Okay. So that actually kind of brings me to another question, which also came from Leo, which yeah. is basically like, if you end up with wet, slippery wooden stairs and wet roots and stuff, um, he says, quote, if it ever rains in California again, um, what shoes would you recommend using for this? So I really liked, um, I wore like cross country flats. Oh. Um, like I, I mean, full disclosure, I used to run for Nike and I loved their streak LT and XC series. Cool. Um, I think they've, they've, maybe updated them but i have i i've hoarded like several pairs from <laughs> probably eight or nine years ago when they had made a model i really liked nice. uh, but i think any kind of lower profile responsive trail shoe is good uh, i really like having ground feel hmm. from shoes so i've tended towards more lower profile stuff when racing um and it just helps you get a little bit better you know feel for the trail um, as far as traction is concerned, like sticky rubber is good, mm. but I've also, like I have shoes that have lasted me three dipsies and nothing else. Like they're done after 21 miles of racing. I've shredded the outsole off of them. Um, so there is that to take into consideration. Okay. Um, and the issue is that, yeah, there's unfortunately like, I haven't found any shoe that grips well on wet wood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. As. It's like nothing, um, yeah. Like other than putting on like track spikes or something. <laughs> exactly. Like got some points on there, like that you want to deal with for the rest of the race, which I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't rain a lot in California, but those stairs are in steep ravine and they're surrounded by redwoods, and so somehow, despite not getting a lot of direct rain, they're always wet. Yeah. Okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then another question is, and you had touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, basically for someone who's looking to be competitive at Dipsy, there's a special problem, which is that the race really quickly funnels into a steep uphill stair, single track type situation and getting caught behind a ton of people will be bad news for a fast runner. So Alex, what do you think the right approach to starting is? Uh, I usually get out fast than I should for that first bit on the road. Sorry, um, what, sorry. It just actually cut out right. No. The connection cut out. So what do you say? I get out faster than I probably should mm. on the, uh, I try to get to the bottom of the stairs, which is not even a full kilometer in or, you know, 0.4 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's usually about two to two and a half minutes to get there. Uh, and I just hammer that road section, uh, okay. to get, and you can't control the people in front of you, but you can't catch a few stragglers from the groups in front. Mm-hmm. And then just it just gets you away from the people in your group behind you and that's just you can control that you can't control the people in front of you yeah so again and then and knowing that a even if the stairs are open or relatively open you shouldn't go charging up them because it'll kill your quads yeah uh and b chances are they won't be open and you won't even be able to run up them um so you'll have a little bit of chance to recover from that kind of harder than necessary effort at the start 
Cool. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then actually another thing that Leo brought up, which I think is really um, a nice point actually, and is something in general that I have always found as a non-competitive trail runner, something I've always found cool is that like you, me as like a normal person, I can toe the start line with someone who's like the the best at this race or the best at this whatever. Um, so something Leo mentioned for the double and the quad, which I don't know if you've ever done either of those. Because runners are on an out and back. I don't know. I don't know what the double in the quad are. <laughs> the like, double goes Stinson to Mill Valley back to Stinson. Cool. For anyone, for okay, and also for anyone listening to this um, in the future, for the record, I had to, I had to confirm with Alex that I was correctly pronouncing Dipsy because I realized I'd never actually heard it said out loud before. So <laughs> that's the type of host you're working with here. Um, so basically, the fastest leaders get to interact with the mid and back of the pack runners. So that's probably a pretty cool experience since typically when you're doing a trail race, you tend to only race around people who are, you know, at your same level. Um, so I just figured I'd ask if that's something that you've ever experienced or you think is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's much more of a factor in the double and the quad. Okay. Uh, you're crossing back over people mm. you've just because it's a out and back. Um, and in those races, it's really fun. You see people, you know, mid and back of the pack. The double is staggered. The mm. quad is not handicapped um everybody just starts and okay. goes but by the nature of the trail you're literally doing it four times so you see people um for what it's worth i do up the course record of both the double and the quad okay <laughs> uh, <but> okay. <laughs> um and uh it's that's a really fun aspect for those reasons okay. you get people on your way out on your way back the single a little bit less just because everybody's going the same direction mm. but you know I, I do have, you do know people out there. Um, and maybe I have a little bit more benefit of that just because I have a, a longer connection with the race, mm. but there are people out there that they'll hear us coming and they'll, and they'll cheer, they'll move aside. They kind of cool. make a little bit of for us. They'll give you a little push. Um, so there is definitely interaction with people that you wouldn't see in a normal race where everybody starts at the same time, because you're just, if you're a faster person, you're just yeah. off the front and that's all you see. Whereas in this, you're like, everybody else is in front of me. Like all the other people that I'm racing are already on the course. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely interact with them, whether it be, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, I've thrown elbows. I've had people pull my Jersey, <laughs> you know, people have gone diving into the bushes for me. People have pushed me into the bushes. <laughs> like it, it's, it's a grab bag out there. So, so there's definitely a uh, on course interaction. Okay. Okay. That's good. like trying to picture you getting like decked into the bushes. by. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's certain like there's certain parts of the show that are super narrow, and like I've had people literally like jump into the bushes to get out of my way, and others that like I've tried to go around and they didn't <laughs> think it was time for me to do so, and it's kind of like leaned into me, and I've gone far. It is, it's, it's all part of the race. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. Cool. And then the next question I have for you is actually from our co-founder Max, which ha- is an interesting one, um, which is basically he wanted me to ask you if you think that this thing that they do with like the age and the handicap, I think it's pretty unique to this race. Like he's basically like, do you see that being rep- like rep- replicable in any other races at all? Or do you think that would never work anywhere else? Um, I think it's harder to do over longer races. Mm. I think probably, especially trail, just because terrain is so different and people manage terrain so differently. Um, you know, you could probably do it like, I don't know, they, they say the, your equivalent time, uh, in Dipsy is probably a, a road 10 miler, like okay. a, a 16 K road race, um, would be your equivalent time for Dipsy. Um, 
on on pavement. Um, but anything longer than that, there it just gets too long. People behave too differently. Older groups, yeah. you know, the lowdown is is greater at the end for older groups than it is, you know, in a shorter race. Um, they've also been at the handicapping like literally since the race started. So there is a lot of specific race specific data that yeah. these people. Um, and it was a big deal when they changed the handicaps this past year. Like it okay. was, there was a talk about it. Um, and there's a reason that they're not changed very often because there is a lot of bias behind it. Um, I think, you know, you, you couldn't do it at a big mountain race. Like you just couldn't, it's, it's just, the, it would be a, you know, you think about starting the fast men. I mean, how far would you start? Do you handicap by an hour? Do you handicap them by four hours? Yeah. Like, the, the leaders at UTMB run under 20 hours, the slowest run 48, like, you can't handicap people by a day. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of absurd. So I think it's 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 a cool dynamic, but I think if it were really to catch on, it would have by now. I mean, yeah. it's not like as round. Um, yeah. That makes sense. And also, I don't know, some people are like, oh, I never want to run that race. Like, you don't ever have a shot to win. And it's like, that's fine. Like, then go run any literally any other race. <laughs> Like, you can run any other race if you're concerned about winning. Like, that's kind of the fun part of this, is you don't know how it's going to play out yeah. because of... Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. No, it's true. It's like, well, okay, well, just don't run this one then. That's fine. Yeah, if you care about <laughs> winning, like, it's not the race for you. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Cool. And then, actually, the last question I have for you is from Francesco Pupi, who um, currently runs for Nike, and he's one yeah. of our coaches. And he had some really... Two really thoughtful questions. Um, basically, his first one is, without Dipsy, Pikes Peak, or Western States, the sport of trail running would probably very, be very different from how we know it today for the importance they've had in the sport's development. And most people probably don't seem to even realize that, and it's always difficult to create the connection between past and the present. What is your opinion on this? Um, the fact that he lumps in Dipsy with those two other races is very flattering. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, growing up eight miles away from the race and never having heard of it for the first 18 years of my life. Uh, I think that says a lot about, um, kind of the nature of it. Uh, it's a very, very almost hyper local event. Um, I think we're very lucky to have the longevity that it has. Uh, and I think it is, you know, part of it, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so I think that kind of the, the visibility of, trail running in general kind of becoming a bigger thing in the world has kind of elevated these other shorter races uh and dipsy benefits from having its long history where you know anybody asks about it um and you can be like well it's the oldest, oldest trail race in the world um or oldest trail race in the u.s mm. uh, like that that certainly says something and that puts it in consideration um just from that standpoint uh so i think it's you know it's it's cool i think you know, Western States being, what is it, like 40 plus years of the 100 miler in the U.S. And then Pikes Peak is like this super iconic, also very, very, you know, prestigious and, mm. and all kind of, you know, has a long tradition behind it as well. Um, I think also that speaks to the people who put on the races uh, to maintain kind of a high quality event mm. and maintain their relevance, so to speak. Although I will say the Dipsy Committee is a very little interest in like anything outside of the race. Like they won't accept sponsorships. Mm. They're, they're very, very committed to keeping it pure. Yeah. Uh, at least what, what whatever pure might be in their opinion. Um, so I think that, I still think that the trail running would, would be, at, you know, on a rising 
wave, so to speak, um, without these, but certainly it helps to be able to do a couple of races that are like, oh, these are, you know, if you really want to know kind of what's been around the longest, like go look at the pictures from the Dipsy in 1925 mm. or like 19, like there are pictures from that race dating back, you know, very spits. This guy's written a book on the history of the Dipsy. Um, cool. Like it's, it's so cool. The Olympic club, which is like the oldest athletic club in the U S started the thing. Like it's got very deep roots. And so it's, I think that's, you know, that's certainly helped it kind of, uh, as the tie, as the as the trail running sport has become more prevalent and known, mm. um, that certainly helped kind of gain some recognition. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting to think about. I mean, it makes me think too about how. So here, some of the some of the French friends that I have who are also involved in the trail community will often make comments about like, oh, I want to go to the U.S. and see like the U.S. style of racing. I want to go see what it's like there. And I'm always kind of like, oh, what do you mean? And then it's like you think about it, and you're like. There is something really nice about like what you're describing with the vibe at Dipsy, where it's like people are like, no, we really don't want sponsors. We just want to create a system with this dude from MIT where people have a handicap. And if you don't like it, don't come. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is true yeah. compared to, I mean, and you've raced in Europe, so you can see the difference. Myself, even just having worked at races in the US versus Europe, yeah. there's definitely a difference. And there is something really cool about this, just really simple, like, yeah, we're going to go out and run and that's it. So there is something pretty neat about that. And actually, I guess that sort of takes me into Francesco's last question, which we'll close with, um, which is how important is it to preserve these historic events for the present and future of our sport? I think it's super important. Um, the, the, I, I can't speak for Western States or Pikes Peak, um, but I know the biggest battle that Dipsy faces is not demand, it's uh, permitting. I, it was um, when you, when you brought that up pretty quickly, I was actually wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, like Western states faces the same, uh, the same issues as well with getting permits. This year they had the fire on the course. Yeah. Uh, you know that that's not the first time that's happened. So you know Craig over there faces, you know, more than just permitting issues. Um, he faces you know natural disasters. Not that Tipsy doesn't face that, but like as far as luck, knock on wood, we've been fairly lucky as far as fires go, just given the ecosystem. Um, but I think I think it's very important to preserve them. I think the people running the races realize that hmm. and uh, I don't envy their position because often I think they're caught between a rock and a hard place, which is, do I compromise what kind of the history of the character of the race in order to make it happen this year? Hmm. And that's like Dipsy is a good example of that with the shortcuts. It used to be a completely open course. It was like, you start in the Valley, you finish in Stinson, however you want to get there. Hmm. That I, When I started running the race, it was still way more open. You could, it's on the stairs you could take shortcuts down below certain places. And now it's like, there are no shortcuts on the stairs. There are no shortcuts here. You have to stay on the maintained trail here. Mm. Like, and it's permitting agencies. And so I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard because they have to kind of compromise the, the character and history of the race to allow it to occur. And mm. so the question is at a certain point, do you say not worth it? This has gotten too far from what we wanted and what we thought it was and what, what it, what it was. And the permitting has just basically strangled us out of existence. Mm. Or you keep fighting and say, no, we'd rather have an event than no event at all, regardless of what shape that might be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think, I mean, I personally have, have never actually really thought about how much of a struggle permitting might be for some of these events. It's interesting to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, I know friends who put on even like more local ones, like the Mount Ant Hill Climb, 
Like they didn't know about the permits until a day before. I mean, this year uh, or last year in 2021, um, the Rangers like closed off a part of the course without telling the committee. And this year uh, they didn't tell them until like a day before. Oh, really? And it's just, and there's certain parts of the course where like you used to go on this road and you dropped out the two shortcuts mm-hmm. and then pop out. I was like, nope, you got to stay on the main hiker trail that's new in Belden. I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. But it's that sort of thing where like there is a lot of friction there and you, and this year it was one person, one permitting ranger in particular that took it upon themselves to make that decision. I wrote them an email. I know they probably got a ton of emails. Hmm. Uh, my voicemail wasn't returned no surprise but like it's tough because you want to have a dialogue with these people right and i and i think you know it's a challenge between you know they're working a job like i get it they have their own job they have their responsibilities their priorities are to the park and the continuation of that park and they're like well this race all it really does is kind of trample things Mm -hmm. like what do how do i how do i you know kind of handle that so it's it's a difficult situation um i hope that you know it all the thing, all all the people involved are able to come together, but it's 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 challenging on all sides. And For sure. Yeah. That... For sure. I mean, it's it's like you said. I mean, the way I kind of think about it is, it's it's like, well, obviously the permits are there with a good intention, and theoretically, anybody who's you know running on the trails or running in the mountains or doing a race also wants to see the environment where that race is happening preserved. So, like, I think at the end of the day, everyone has the same goal. But it's just, it's exactly like you're saying, it's like about having a dialogue where you can understand yeah. like, okay, well, you know, we're going to communicate about this in advance and here's why you can't go here. You guys got to get it. Or, you know, hey, can we possibly go here? We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I mean, I because just, the ultimate goal would be, because yeah, obviously, I mean, our sport is growing and our sport is growing fast. And like, you can't just, you know, 10x the number of runners who are in a yeah. race and expect the environment to look the same. Like it makes total yeah. sense. So it's about finding a way for like through the permitting element to also be educating people about the like why, you know, and yeah, working together. I think, yeah. I mean, you know, since we're on Dipsy particular, like it, I think it faces a particularly unique challenge based on what it used to be, which was shortcuts were illegal everywhere. Like it yeah. didn't matter. Where, and so I have friends who are 75, 80 years old and have been running the race for 40 years. Yeah. And it's really hard against these course restrictions. And they're just kind of like, you know what? I'm doing my shortcuts everybody else be damned mm. and I don't know if that's good or bad like I struggle with it because I want the shortcuts <laughs> I want to know them and yeah. I want to take them because that's the spirit of the race but I also want the race to be able to operate and right. it just take one or two people doing their own thing against the permits for the rangers to be like you know what it's not worth it like you have 1500 people on this trail two of them go off yeah. willingly we can't we can't have that yeah it's tough yeah for sure it's tough and I think it's okay to also be able to say, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, I feel like we live yeah. in a time where like ever we all feel like we have to have an opinion on everything, but like I admire being able to be like, I don't know if this is yeah. good or bad <laughs> it is, you know? Very conflicted emotions on the thing. No, oh, I feel you. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like I haven't touched on that you'd like to chat about, about Dipsy or, or do you feel like uh, we've pretty much summed it up? Um, no, I think that does, I mean, pretty much, pretty well covers it. Uh, I think as far as the training goes, it's a difficult race to train for if you're not local. Um, mm. It is. If you can make it out to the course and you want to run it, I cannot recommend that enough. Um, and uh, as far as like the training plans go, um, you should be doing a lot of hills, ups and downs, because there's basically no flat portion of the race. <laughs> oh, 
That sounds like exactly the type of thing that's terrible for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you climb like 800 feet in the first mile and a half, then you drop right down and then you climb two miles and then you drop down. I'd be exactly one of the people you talked about who like blows up on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. Oh my gosh. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. This has been great. Um, not only did, well, learn about Dipsy, thank you to you, but also thank you. Thanks for sharing your insight and also just nice to chat in general. Yeah, absolutely. Good talking with you. Thanks so much. Okay. Now then I'm going to cut that part and now I can talk to you for real. Um, awesome. Thanks so much, man. This is super helpful. Let me, I also just recorded this on my phone in case the screen didn't work. Um, Sweet, but thank you. Yeah, I um to be honest with you, I will. I'm not exactly sure how we'll do this. I think maybe we have like a tra- like a transcription thing. So I think I'll transcribe it into like an article. So actually, if you have any photos um of yourselves that we might have permission to use in an article, feel free to send them my way. Um, that would be sweet. I'm also gonna look up some of like what you mentioned, some of the photos of people like 40 years ago. That sounds sick. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull some. I know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some on the internet. Like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can pull some and then, um, my, uh, I want to say there's a couple of videos that people make every year. Oh, cool. Um, I'll see if I can link those. My friend made, I don't know if it's online or not. It might be, but he made like an hour long movie on it six or seven years ago. Oh, we can link to that. That's cool. That tracked four runners. Uh, it was like a nine-year-old girl, a seven-year-old woman, me, and then my buddy who's like 10 years older than me. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a really cool concept. I like that. Yeah. So when he was, you know, showing where, where, where they were when I started, cool. like how the game closed, like that sort of thing. So it gives oh, you some Oh, sweet. Yeah. If you, if you have a link to that, feel free to send it over and we can yeah, link yeah, to it. I, it's very, very good chance he didn't put it online. Okay. Uh, I have it on DVD. <laughs> if, I mean, he can, if he's interested in putting it online, we can put it like on YouTube or something, or maybe he doesn't want to, yeah. which is totally fine. Might, but it, I, it might be on, it might be on Vimeo. Yeah. Vimeo, um, I'll, I'll take a look and see. I can email him and ask him too. Cool. Um, yeah. sweet. Thank you so much. This is really interesting. Um, I genuinely yeah. didn't really know anything about the race at all. So this is cool. There's stuff to talk about with it. Cool, dude. Um, sweet. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to talk. Yes, this is welcome. way more yeah, fun than having you write something. Just having <laughs> a phone call. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thanks for thank you. Thank you.